Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Because you could just see a determination 
from every line and every player that they were going to win the puck battles and get the puck deep. And after the previous two games where they had a chance to win both games, they were just, uh, they re- they refused to lose and they were going to hammer it down. Yeah, absolutely. And just like the uh, super fan Augie Loya said uh, a couple of episodes ago, the Kings need to play a 60-minute game where they haven't been doing that for some time and we were seeing some uh, old bad habits sneak into the team where the Kings were very vulnerable at the end of a period or right at the beginning of a period, uh, especially at the end of a third period. So it was really good to see that, yeah, they were playing like it was like, like it was Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final and like they were protecting it with their lives. But uh, I thought the LA Kings, it was – a complete effort top to bottom. Everyone came to play, and that's what we need from our boys. And now, you know, the road trip is done. The Kings got the win. They go back home with, uh, you know, with a game in hand with a win, but three points in two games. So not too shabby before they go back to L.A. at the Staples Center. Hey, hey hip check. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. you got to have a short memory and uh, when it comes to hockey. So, when you're looking back at the road trip, you're probably going to forget those first two. And also, too, let's not uh, forget that when they back in Staples on Thursday, I believe they're playing Colorado, are they not, Jeff? Correct. Yes, Colorado. So what a great way to come home after a road, you know, tough road trip. You've won a good big game there. You know, got a, got a point out into the Islanders, win a big game in Philly. Now you get to come home and play the league's patsy. So you figure if you beat Colorado, now you're feeling a little bit better because you put together, you know, five points in six games. And uh, I don't know, who, who are they playing the next game, uh, the immediate game after after Colorado? I believe after Colorado hit, the Kings are going to San Jose to take on the Sharks. Yikes. Okay, so uh, they'll have a little bit of momentum. Sharks are definitely not uh, as strong as they were in years past. And you figure – they can go in if they can get a road win against the Sharks. Now, all of a sudden, once again, you got uh, three wins in a row, and you got a lot of momentum. So, uh, very, very good uh, on them. We'll see if they can do it. But I think, too, the other thing that uh, that was really pronounced tonight, along with, once again, uh, you know, I don't know. I got a lot to talk about. I guess we'll talk about this in the three stars. But, you know, kudo to John Stevens for – Really, he's not afraid to roll the dice. He's not afraid. He's not afraid to make a roster decision. And you saw that uh, scratching Jokinen, scratching Clifford, throwing in Brodzinski, throwing in Andrioff. I don't think anybody yeah. would have saw that coming at all. And you know what, though, I think uh, <clears throat> to his credit, and I apologize for my voice uh, kind of going out here, but it was a, a crazy weekend and whatnot, but. Uh, to, to his credit, I think I think that you need to occasionally do that to really make players earn their earn their time, earn their keep. If you're a fourth line player, you should never be thinking that your role is safe. Even if you're a third line player, if you're a UC Yokenen, I don't think you can approach the game thinking that your job and your position is so safe that you don't have to give a constant effort. So. Once again, we can look at the acquisition of Tory Mitchell, and uh, by, by bolstering that bottom six, you bet your ass that you're going to be getting a much better effort from those borderline players because if they don't, if they don't give 110% and don't give a solid effort, chances are 
And that's kind of the I, I, I think that's kind of the message Stevens is sending right here. Uh, Jeff, would you would you think that's uh, do you think he was just rotating players in, or do you think uh, that this was definitely sending a message after the last couple games? I think there is a method to that madness because John Stevens, even like with his post-game presser, say with Ellie King's insider John Rosen with the media, just the way he talks about how he does things, he's the type of coach that will even take the blame if there's something that he did that didn't work out, whether it was a strategy or whether they should have flown into the East a day earlier than they did and maybe the team was tired or using certain players or putting certain players together. And I think that's very, very refreshing to hear that from the head coach of the team. And I really, truly believe, without being that fly in the wall, that John Stevens is the type of head coach that if there is something not working, he's not going to change the lines right away like Sutter would. Like, if Sutter did like something in five first five seconds of the game, all the lineups will be changed by the sixth second, right? He just keeps, like, throwing them around. Um John Stevens will actually analyze it. He will, he will go with his coaches. He'll watch the video. He'll talk to the actual players. He'll get their opinions. And, yeah, most of, most of the, the year we saw Aya follow with Kopitar and Brown. We, we've seen both Kempe and Shore play the second line with the Foley and Pearson. But if there needs to be a bit of a shuffle, he's not afraid to put in that shuffle like with Gabbert back in the top line with Kopitar and Dustin Brown. Kempe now back in the second line with the Foley and Pearson. Thor in the third. Andy Andreoff, as you mentioned, going in, you yoking it out, you know, and it's uh, he's not afraid to do that. And if he sees something that works, then he's going to stay with it. And I think he really believed that even though the, it was very competitive the last two games for the Kings, and if the Kings had a bounce or two or a certain penalty not happening, like in the Islanders game, uh, because there was no elbow to the face, uh, you know, the, the games could have gone the Kings' way, but he really wanted to spark that fourth line, and I thought having Andrew and Brzezinski there together with our uh, scoring phenom, uh, Tori Mitchell, has been a real smart play by, uh, by John Stevens. But, yeah, definite, definitely hip check and method to his madness. And then we have another guy here on the line to help us with the show. He was on before. Uh, I guess maybe some phone difficulties, but he's back now. Of course, I mean our good friend. The LA King superfan Augie Loya. Augie, how are you today, sir? I'm doing really well, aside from the technical difficulties that I was having here. Is sometimes technology can actually really suck. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was pretty much, let's put it like this my technology today was sort of like the King's power play of late. Uh, you know, it seems like a good idea, but uh, maybe we should decline and stick to old school. So, uh, yeah. But uh, so I uh, I heard Hip's uh, uh, opening remarks, and all of a sudden I heard nothing. So I was out of touch with you guys. I felt lost, but I found my way home here on L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. Well, next time you boy, call in, Augie, make sure yeah, make sure you leave a leave a trail of crumbs so you can find your way back. That's yeah, always try, Hip. I always try. <laughs> So, uh, I find traces. I, I, I find. Sorry, I find traces of hockey tape help help as well when you get lost. If you have a lot of hockey tape, just take a little bit of tape, roll yeah. it up, or tape it to a side of a tree where you can see it. That works as well. Not that I've been lost many times in the wilderness. Okay, maybe a couple of times, but it does actually work. 
That's true. You know what else works? The other thing that works, too, is uh, discarded hockey player teeth. Uh, that, that works as well. So I, I did sprinkle some Dowdy around, some Clifford, some Carter. Nice. We got those around. Nice. Yeah. So follow those all as well. Those, those spitting chiclets. <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, Augie, what you missed me and uh, Jeff and I were talking about the uh, the the – the methods and madness of uh, Coach Stevens, and as uh, we were talking about, I can't help but think, you know. So, you know, was was there anybody out there that was thinking, okay, so killed in New Jersey, lose a, a tough one on the Rangers, uh, managed to eke out a point against the Islanders. Now you're going into Philly, uh, kind of a tough building to play in. They're winner of six straight. Was there anybody out there that said, you know what the Kings really need to do is scratch that yoke and give Andreoff another shot. I really, when I think of a remedy for a problem in hockey, uh, Andy Andreoff is not at the top of the uh, prescription <laughs> list. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say that was a surprise. But hey, hunger is hunger, and. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe it was a matchup thing. Maybe Jokinen doesn't match up well against the Flyers for some reason. Maybe he doesn't have good career numbers against them. I don't know what the analytics were in that decision, but it turned out to be a good one. And uh, the other thing, too, is that uh, I kind of want to point out that I didn't get to point out is uh, mixing up of the lines allowed the Kings to unleash uh, their newest enforcer, number 22, Trevor Lewis. Who, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> gets the Islanders surprised everybody by dropping the gloves. So, so maybe they thought uh, putting out the tough guy Lewis out there uh, with some skilled players, uh, he'd be able to intimidate the Broad Street bullies and uh, lead the Kings in the to victory there, along with Andy Andrioff. But uh, yeah, I didn't. Jeez, I didn't see that one coming. But okay, uh, it worked. Yeah, and let's. Let's not overlook the fact that uh, Lewis scores again. Looks like he's definitely going to set a career high in goals. And, uh, you know, at the preseason, too, we talked about, uh, you know, the hiring of Pierre Turgeon and, uh, you know, some of the things that he was kind of doing. And, and, and Augie, you, you're around the Toyota Sports Center more than anybody, but do you think uh, we, we've seen it tonight because Lewis's goal was uh, was fairly similar to uh, – to Kempe's goal, you know, they, they both came from about that same same spot on the ice. Uh, do you think that's something that Turgeon, uh, you know, is teaching the players more, you know, maybe something about that angle and the goalie's view and aiming in a certain spot is maybe always going to have a high propensity? Is that something you've seen them practice? And once again, what was your vibe that you feel from that? I think it goes beyond Turgeon. I think it goes into the Kings' uh, eye-opening or be, starting to embrace analytics. Uh, it was something that uh, Luke Robitaille and Rob Blake talked about in the preseason season ticket holders meeting that they had over at the Microsoft Theater, and they put up a graph uh, up on, the, on an overhead, a uh, big giant one, of course, and what it showed there was the amount of goals scored by the NHL from hot spots in the slot. And then it showed, then they put up another graph that showed the amount of times the Kings scored from that spot in the past season. And it was like, well, the Kings are not getting into the hot spot of, of that area where your, your percentage or your chances 
of beating a goalie increase exponentially. And that was in the preseason. So now you incorporate Pierre Turgeon with his scoring discipline and then the overall, the architects of that offense, uh, putting those analytics to work. And I think that's what you're seeing is that synergy of the data that's used going to a spot on the ice and shooting from that general area. And that's, it's a combination of all those factors all coming together and that offensive coordinatorship that Pierre Turgeon now has with the club, that this is the, and this is the first time the Kings have ever done that, this whole offensive coordinator thing. So uh, they are executing on the analytics that are taught to them in their muscle memory when they're out there because they definitely do work on that in practice and amongst a lot of other stuff that they work on. That, uh, necessarily, that was not necessarily worked on before because it wasn't really considered important during the previous regime. And I shouldn't say important, but what I should say is a priority uh, by the previous uh, managerial staff and those decision makers that were there. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's exactly what you're thinking. You know, really credit bringing in younger, a younger, a younger crew definitely has a little bit more out-of-the-box thinking. Uh, nobody, I think, is ever going to would ever say that uh, Sutter really wasn't out of the box guy or willing to take chances. And we love Lombardi, but once again, uh, when we when we really look at it, you're right. I think this is definitely what we're once again too. Just really, even the hiring of Pierre Turgeon, just to even consider that. You know, I don't think I don't think any of the old school GMs. Uh, including Lombardi, would have ever thought about hiring for that position. And really, when you look at the success the Kings have, this might be kind of a new era where we might be seeing more and more in that, where a team will maybe bring in a guy just for that kind of position. He's not necessarily going to work the bench. He's not necessarily going to be an X's and O's guy, but he's definitely going to be an eye-in-the-sky guy and kind of take a, a, a different look at the way that uh, teams play offense and the way other teams are scoring. So really, really great, uh, great observation there, Augie. Oh, thank you. Just one other thing to add. Uh, You really have to have a coach who has the right type of ego to even allow that position to exist. And Coach Stevens, uh, it just seems is, is the right kind of guy for this kind of system. And the other aspect that comes into play is Pierre Turgeon has credibility with these players because he was in the league and he was a very successful goal scorer. And he still gets out there with the skates and the sticks. And the, even though, yeah, he's, he's older, he's aged, the hands, though, the hands are still there. The muscle memory is there. That, that skill, that foundational skill and hockey knowledge is there. And these guys embrace it and love it. I mean, when you see their faces out there and they're allowed to do stuff and be creative and, and such, it really is a refreshing kind of – it's a breath of fresh air over the past few years. And not to take anything away from Lombardi and Sutter because I, we all as King fans are so grateful for what they, for what they brought and the history that they made with us. But there comes – it just was a time for a changing of the guard. That, that's, and that's what happened was a changing of the guard. Absolutely. Jeff, uh, is it time that we maybe should roll the three stars? Sure. Sure, if you want to. I could get that set up. No problem. Perfect. Now, we, right. uh, we, we, we were in consensus 
for star number one and star number two. Uh, we varied a little bit for star number three. So I'll tell you what, let's do a, a quick round robin, Jeff, while you're picking that up. But I'll select my third star. You can select yours, Jeff, and then Augie can select uh, select his. But uh, I was really impressed by actually Alex Martinez. Um, really, uh, I, I don't know, you know, if I think he might have got an assist or something like that. But when Fallen went down, Martinez's ice time went up. And uh, – I just thought he was. I just thought he was really solid after probably not expecting to get as much time as he did, and he's always smooth. You saw he made a nice little uh, between the legs play to his forward that actually started a rush from his uh, own defensive zone, no less. And uh, you know, it, it always takes defensemen a little bit more, you know, longer to mature. So maybe there's hope for Derek Forbert, but. Uh, you definitely kind of see the maturity now uh, from from Alex Martinez. And once again, not really great at any one thing, but he's very solid at almost everything. And I don't know what it was about his play tonight. I just thought that he, uh, out of the blue, ended up getting a, you know more ice time than he normally would have. And he is just such a, once again, really always under control, seldom, Makes the uh, the risky or uh, or bad play, and we you know throw accolades at Dowdy all the time. But uh, I was just impressed by uh, by uh, by Martinez. And after we do this, I definitely have a go to the game that we can talk about too. Go ahead, Augie. You know, for me, it's got to be Tory Mitchell. He that guy has given the Kings a dimension they haven't had in a while, and that's a guy that can win faceoffs. And that face-off that he won, straight back over to Martinez, who put that first goal home to give the Kings a one nothing lead, that is just so important. And that's what this guy has brought to the team, and he's done it really under the radar in a way that uh, a stat head like myself or like you, Jeff, or, or like you, Hip, can, can appreciate when you look at the numbers at the end of the game to see who, uh, all right, who did the thing that wasn't necessarily flashy but did the dirty work. And that guy continues to do dirty work. Good call. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think both uh, Alec Martinez and Tori, Tori Mitchell are great calls, uh, but it, it's really tough because a lot of the a lot of the players played so so well. So to break it down to just three stars is is really tough to do when everyone's playing. But I, I want to give my third star to the, who I call the Masked Crusader. Who people who uh, follows my Facebook and listening out there will know what I'm talking about. But number 23, Dustin Brown, who really impressed me in this game. Um, he set up Adrian Kempe for his goal. Even though Brown was in the crease for that disallowed goal, he was in there. He's battling. He's still going to the crease trying to create screens or tip-ins. He got four hits tonight in 18 minutes of play. He was doing some very good passing. He was trying to power through players instead of like we saw in the last few years where if you just touch him, he'll fall. He's actually trying to – he's been doing this all year. He's been trying to stay on his feet and get out there. And uh, just, you know – being at the boards, uh, a monkey those those pucks out, creating plays, get in the faces of the other players. And like what I said with Kempe's goal, Brown was on that rush, dropped pass to him, and then created a screen so Kempe can pick it and uh, put the puck right into the net. So Dustin Brown got one assist. He was a plus one, two shots, four hits, and uh, again showing just how 
how much of a resurgence that he's having this year that we're all really happy to see. And again, kudos to Pierre Turgeon for whatever he's been doing with Dustin Brown, because Dustin Brown is definitely not the same player that he's been in the last few years and thank the hockey gods for that. So I'm going to go with number 23, Dustin Brown as my third pick. Perfect. Hey, just as, as that goal broke down to Jeff, I was thinking, like, I was almost thinking, you know, that's a play really I'd like to see the Kings do more often. I mean, think from it from the perspective of a goalie, you know, Brown makes that little drop pass to Kempe. Kempe's got that deceptively quick shot and that accurate wrist shot. So think he drops it back to Kempe, and he makes that bull charge right to the net. You know I mean? Imagine you're the goalie. You're going to see Brown coming across the line. He makes the little drop pass, and then he's darting right towards you. You know, he's bull charging. Oh, you're seeing this. You know, that's got to be one hell of a distraction for a goalie. We need Brown to be that wrecking ball, and he's doing that. So, yeah, kudos to him. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jeff. Number two, buddy. Yeah, the number two star. uh, This player really, really impressed me today with his passing skills, with his hockey IQ, and that is someone that I have criticized many times on the show, but I always give credit when credit is due. And uh, second star, Nick Shore. I thought Nick Shore was just fantastic today. Uh, Two assists, both of his assists were picture-perfect passes. The one to Trevor Lewis, where he just set him up perfectly. Um, well, they were on the breakout, and then Lewis banked it in. And then later on in the game, uh, on a two-on-one kind of half break, which actually was pretty fun to watch how things kind of went back and forth with that one. But it ends up uh, Nick, Nick Shore again setting up Tyler Toffoli with a yet another perfect pass. I'm talking tape to tape. And we've seen Shore kind of do this recently as well, maybe a few weeks ago. I think it was to one of Gabbard's goals. I don't remember exactly, but if Nick Shore has an opportunity and he doesn't take too long to make a pass, which has been one of his weaknesses, if, uh, if he could use his peripheral vision or just his sense or just his experience with playing with these players, knowing when someone is there with him on the rush, knowing where the opposing defenseman is and where the puck needs to be and where not to be sure this game was obviously not Wayne Gretzky, obviously not Adam Oates, but in that sense, just perfect passing, throwing the Philadelphia defense off balance by setting up the Russian player in first Lewis and then Tyler Toffoli. Um, number two for me is Nick Shore for those excellent passes that he did today. Uh, I, I think w- w- when he, he, had his, he was 36 in the dot line, so he wasn't very good doing faceoffs. But, man, setting up those plays were fantastic. And, and you know what, to me, were highlight reels. So, number two star, Nick Shore. I couldn't uh, – really good pick. That was a consensus for all of us. Plus, he – this is what we have uh, in, like, the Jordan Nolan effect, right? We have a, a player we've been, been – uh, pretty harsh on and criticizing. When he comes out and has a great game, uh, we notice it. We take action and we call it like we see it. He had an amazing game, and I, hell, I hope he does it. I, I hope that he has two point games the rest of the season, making passes like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jeff, go ahead. Call it. Go uh, play the play the sound, and uh, you get to go ahead and do the number one star, buddy. All right, all right, so here we go. The number one star of the game. 
tension's killing me. The one, the only, the real last Jedi, Jonathan Quick, number 32, with another outstanding game, outstanding victory, keeping the kids and making some, as I always say, gravity defiant, hashtag vintage quick saves, 36 saves on 37 shots, a 9.73 save percentage. Jonathan Quick, even with the losses the last few games, Jonathan Quick is keeping the Kings in every game, except maybe that one Vegas win we're all forgetting about. It was the Vegas flu, so we, we yeah. forget that one. But Quick, but Quick today, absolutely fantastic, showing his Jedi skills, making saves that really had no business saving. Uh, covering the puck while he's on the splits, doing the splits, which is vintage quick, and then Wayne Simmons trying to poke him, and in classic quick fashion, quick waits for the whistle, and then gets in his old teammate buddy's face, Wayne Simmons, because quick is also nuts in the head, and, and loves to, he's just so aggressive, he just, he, he, like he would fight if he could, uh, if he was allowed to. So Johnson Quick, the number one start of the game, 36 saves, three uh, sorry, nine seventy-three save percentage. Once again, the Jedi comes through for the LA Kings. Yeah, absolutely amazing game. And uh, you know what's funny was he was clearly the number one star. Like there, as good a game as Shore had, uh, there is no he was clearly far and above on on his game. And uh, you know, I, I believe it was Sean O'Donnell, and uh, I think it was Sean O'Donnell who said it basically when. When Quick is on his game, there's just you're simply just not going to win. When he's on his game, that's really yeah. all there is to it. No, absolutely, and and uh, th- that's why, in my opinion, he's the best money goalie in, in the NHL today. He might not win every game in the regular season, though he has hit 40 and he's hit the late 30s many times. He's a two-time Vesna nominee and is a winner of the Jennings Trophy. But what's great about Jonathan Quick, which you know, when people look at his stats, people who are hardcore analytics fans looking at Johnson Quick, uh, they look at his save percentage, usually hovering around the 9.15, 9.16 area, which really is league average. But what they don't, what they don't count is the, is the saves that he makes that he should not be making. But because of his athleticism, because of his reflex, because of his natural-born talent, and his driven. Uh, mentality, he makes those saves, and that's what keeps the Kings in. So he might not have the best regular season stats, the, at, at, you know, usually the mo- most of the time. He's the guy you want to make that one crazy save to keep you in the game, and then so the Kings can come back, tie it, and win it. We've seen that so many times. And the best playoff goalie in the NHL today. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Hey, guys, I got to cut out here just because I'm kind of under the weather and whatnot. One last thing, though, that I wanted to point out, and I don't really want to call this the goat of the game because, I mean, the Kings won 4-1, to one and, you know, you can never have a goat on a winning effort. But uh, Derek Forbert, definitely not one of his better games. Not that he did any glaring errors, but there was just a couple things that I noticed about him. A, he has a real hard time making a quick first crisp outlet pass. Uh, you know, other defensemen, you see that man who's wide open. You can hit that quick outlet pass, start the rush. I noticed tonight he just – I don't know if the game's too fast for him, and there's a lot of times where I thought he had a wide open forward that he was going to move it up forward uh, to. Instead, he takes a little bit of too much time, ends up moving the puck really into a – 
I don't want to say dangerous area because it's not like he's lofting it up the middle, but just a lot of questionable first passes that I that I see from him. The other thing that I noticed too, is there a player that has a, a uncanny bordering on uh, uniquely bizarre ability to not get the puck to the net? Like, you know, you get it. There's a line of traffic in front, Dowdy, Martinez, Muzzin. They can, for the most part, get the puck through or at least on target. But next time when the Kings play, watch forward. He has a uncanny knack of just getting his shots blocked and not being able to get those pucks to the front of the net. And so I just kind of wanted to point that out. And uh, and you guys have a, have a great night, Jeff. Thanks for pinch hitting for me uh, the last couple of days while my uh, world was uh, going crazy with so much different stuff going on. Uh, anybody that uh, has no plans and is in Orange County uh, – this Friday, my band's going to be playing at the Classic Rock Coffee House in Fullerton from uh, 7 to 9.30, I guess, is our slated time. So uh, anybody that's got uh, no plans and in Orange County want to come come out and see the Higher Gun Trio, please do. All ages should be a good time. And uh, Jeff, Augie, and all the other uh, L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio listeners, man, hey, I wish you guys uh, have, a, have a wonderful Christmas, all right? Thanks, Jeff. You too. Hey, Have by, a great Christmas. Hey, by the way, on a on a separate note, for those of you groupies out there who are looking for a band to be a groupie of, Hired Gun Trio <laughs> is looking for groupies actively. So uh, That's right. I mean, they're, yep. they're not too picky. They're not too picky. So I mean, if you if you have doubts, this is the time to go out there and think of this as the the open audition as you step into the world of being a groupie. Higher gun trio. Yep. And you, yes, that's right. And you better. And we are taking. You better act fast. You, you, you better act fast on that too, because the ad's going on Craigslist. Groupies wanted for uh, aging rock band. Nice. <laughs> yes, and we also. Nice. And for groupies, we are also taking resumes, and we will check your references. Have at least three references if you want to be a groupie for the band, and just send it to LAKingsRadio at gmail.com, and uh, we can get that over to Hipchick and the band. And maybe it's you. You could be that groupie or groupies. But, you know, put that in there. Send it out and definitely check out the band, guys. <laughs> yep, Love you guys. Sure. Have a great night, man. All right, man. Later, Hip. All right. Later, guys. All right, see you, Hep. Have a good one. Augie, your hey, thoughts Jeff. on – and I know – hold on, Augie. I know there's callers out there. We're going to get to you really, really quick. So just hold on a second. We will bring you on. Yes, Augie. I was going to say, hey, Dad just gave us the keys to the car. What are we going to do to wreck this shit up, huh? <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about Clash of the Champions, maybe some WWE, maybe some New Japan. What do you say? Oh, uh, yeah, you know what, man, as long as it's old school stuff, then uh, I I would love to have that discussion for sure. But, you know, we still have a show here to do that's based on the L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio and their big win tonight. Right, 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 right. Okay, then how about this? Uh, because, you know, this show, the Grand Poobah, of course, is the hip check Scott Cahill. And we did just talk about the band that maybe we should start advertising uh, his band, uh, advertising for groupies to be with his band, and we can spend the rest of the show just uh, trying to get into, you know to the female audience out there to see if anyone's interested in becoming a groupie. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. But you know what? We could do that for uh, for the Grand Poobah. It's kind of our duty to do that for the Grand Poobah. 
Because after all, he is the I grand blue so. Without him, there's no show. Yeah. Good that's point. Right. That's right. Well played. But we all, we do have some callers. Maybe they have some good ideas of what we could do for, for the rest of the show. Should I give them a chance, Augie? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what's out there. Let's see what good ideas are out there. All right. Calling from the 440 area. I believe that is the state of Ohio. You're on Ellie King's Road Talk Radio. How are you doing on that, Jeff? Good, Jerry. How are you, sir? I'm, Your I'm good. On that game. I'm good. Well, I was I was kind of the the first two periods were kind of shaky for me because it just looked like a carbon copy of the Islander game. I mean, you know, it was great they got up by two right. goals, and they then they give one away, and you know, it's, and then that second period was just flat. And I'm thinking this is exactly what happened the other night. So I was just praying for for that good third period, and they got it this time. They, you know, they got all the bugs worked out of the third period this time and put the game away. So, Yes, they did. Uh, yep. Hip made a, a a great point that uh, you could tell when it came, uh, you know, to the end of the third period, even though the Kings had a pretty big lead at that point. But even the last few periods, the Kings were really playing hard in those final minutes as if it was Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final uh, because of what had been happening recently, going back to that old habit of where the Kings are vulnerable at the end of a period, the end of a game, or even the beginning of the game, beginning of the period, which we've seen that bad habit kind of uh, slip into the game uh, a little bit in the last few games actually a lot, and we've seen it happen, and it's caused the Kings wins and points. So it was really good today to see that Scott uh, Stevens, John Stevens has made the Kings kind of work on that, you know, and, they were, and remember, they were down a man. A Follett got injured early in the game, so they were down one defenseman, and mm-hmm. Follett ended up only playing about three minutes, and that's it. But, Augie, your thoughts on how the Kings played, especially at, near the end of the periods and at the end of the game? Augie, are you there? Okay, no Augie for now. Probably technical difficulties. Uh, Jerry, did yeah. you have a start of the game? Who who impressed you? What player or what players impressed you today, sir? Uh, I would I would have to agree with you on on Quick definitely being the star of the game. He came and he he kept him in the game. He kept him, you know in that space where they could win the game, made some phenomenal saves. I mean, I, I had to watch it on uh, NHL TV and they had the, they have the uh, Flyers broadcast team and they were, you know, that was what they were focusing on was quick and his athleticism. And, and that, you know, there were a couple of saves there. Uh, one where just in a full, full set of leg splits slid completely across the crease out of the crease, stop the puck. Yep. And, you know, there's how many other goalies in the league can even do that? No. That's why he's so unique, right? Like I always say to people, especially kids over – kids over here that, you know, are playing hockey and developing and becoming a goalie. They play goalie uh, for the team and everything. I always say to them, um, like, you know, what kind of goalie do you want to be like? Like who, who – if if you play in the NHL, who would you want to be like, right? And so you know, sometimes right. they say Broder, some some will say you know Carey Price, 
uh, back in the day, it would be Patrick Raw or Dominic Hasek, right? But when they say Jonathan Quick, uh-huh. one, I say, ah, that's my goalie from my team. That's so nice, <laughs> right? Because they're not Kings fans. <laughs> so when they say that, I'm like, right on. Jonathan Quick right. is getting the respect, right? Um, but when they say quick, I'm like, okay, you got to understand, kid. Uh, when you're playing hard, you can't really teach someone how to play quick style. You can teach someone how to play positional goaltending, like a Martin Broder. But Martin Broder right. was a position. He was a positional goaltender, but he would also work butterfly style. He would go on his stomach if he had to. But you know, someone like a Carey Price is very calm. Henrik <laughs> Lundqvist very calm in net, and they're covering everything. In a way, when they make saves, it's almost like they're a blocker. They're just letting the, the puck bounce off of them instead of trying to make that save. Jonathan Quick is the complete opposite. He, he's so flexible. He's so nuts in the head, and he's so determined that, you know, he'll do the splits, and he'll save – he'll do that scorpion kick to make a save. And even today, doing the right. splits, and uh, the, the Flyers trying to poke the puck into the net, and Quick is just denying and denying, and going after them after the after the whistle you can't teach people how to play like Jonathan Quick because he was born like that I mean Quick if he becomes a coach can't even teach kids how to do that and I and I, I put him in the same category of a Mike Richter who was his idol of a mm-hmm. Bill Ramford when Ramford was a of course he's our LA Kings goalie coach but when he played for the Edmonton Oilers or with Team Canada or even Dominic Hasek who's probably the best at it they they are reflex goaltenders instinctive goaltenders that make saves because of their natural born instinct and flexibility and uh, their reflexes. So Jonathan Quick, definitely a unique goaltender. And you're right, Jerry, there is nobody else like that in the NHL today. He is the money guy that you want if you want to win a Stanley Cup at the playoffs because he may not make every save, but he'll make, he'll make the save that's going to keep you in the game and have a chance at winning it. Would you agree, sir? Oh, definitely. I mean, you're def- with him in the net, you're definitely in the game until the end on 99.9% of the night. Everybody's going to have that one game that, you know, if you play, Quick plays upwards of 60 games a year. So they're not all going to be gems. They're not all going to be gems. He's going to have one where he might just flat out stink one night. And, you know, that's just being human. That's just being human. Yep. uh, Absolutely. Nobody's perfect, but... Go ahead, sir. There haven't been too many. There haven't been too many losses that you can blame on quick. You, you know, you can blame no, it on other things, season, but you, no. it's, it's, it's not quick. The ve- like, yeah, and, like the Vegas game, yes. Yeah, the well, the Vegas game, and he was out of the Vegas game very early because he just yes. wasn't there. You know, so, and you don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, I, I I see people online talking about you know he's letting two goals in a period, and they're talking about well get the hook, pull him, and it's like ah, no because yeah, because of his, his competitive yeah. mindset when he, you know when he's smashing sticks and doing all the other stuff that other fans make fun of him for. Um, that's because he's pissed at himself. It's oh not, yeah, it, you know it's not it's not that he's pissed at the other guys on the team. He's pissed at himself. When he lets a goal in, he takes it harder than anybody else. He does. 
he's also broken ahead, a few sticks and tributes. He's also broken a few sticks and tributes to referees too. I've, I've been there and seen oh, that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, break uh, it over Jerry. The and, yeah. Oh, just say very, very good points, Jerry. But sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh no. That's, I said, as long as he doesn't break the stick over the ref's head and end up suspended for 20 or 30 games, we're good. Yeah, hopefully that's not coming to the road. I actually like it when he throws a little tantrum like that. That's 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 the kind of fire I want in a goalie. I think Jonathan Quick plays better when he's pissed off because that only makes him even yeah. more driven to beat the other team. You know. All right, we got to let you go. We got another caller, Jerry. Thank you so much again for calling in and for all of your support, sir. All right, you guys have a good night. Talk to you again. All right, you too. Bye, Jerry. Go keep All right, bye. All right, Jerry Atkin, strong friend of the show. Augie, uh, I was asking earlier, but I don't know if you're having difficulties with your phone. Uh, I just wanted to get your take on how the Kings were playing in comparison, say, to the last two games where, you know, they gave up goals late in a period or late in the game, uh, where today it seemed like at the end of the periods they were playing like as if it was game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, it was something that showed itself in the homestand. Uh, they did that, They did that, uh, allowing the Senators to tie the game late, letting Carolina back in the game when they essentially pretty much had them put away and it followed them on the East Coast and losses to the Rangers and the Islanders that that just not they didn't they didn't let out the Mortal Kombat in them and tonight they did let out the Mortal Kombat. They actually listened to the instruction of finish him and they finished off the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. And that was that was the difference right there and I that was a very refreshing thing to see because uh we we still saw some we still saw some things we'd rather not see uh, in this game. And hopefully they, they address those uh, those deficiencies because, once again, a lot of penalties. Uh, yes. Getting uh, those, those mental lapses, giving up goals really late in periods, those are things that we do not want to see because those are the things that are going to be difference makers. Uh, come as the season progresses, and you got to clean that stuff up. Does that mean that you are going to eliminate it completely? No, but you can't have it happening in consecutive games. Once in a while, it should happen, but it shouldn't be a three or four or five game trend where uh, yes. a team scores a tying goal or a goal so late in the period where there's nothing you can do to come back from it. So those are things that I think need to need a little bit of attention and need some uh, some cleanup work uh, for this team to continue this really just historic season then and this historic start that they've embarked on. So far, so good, definitely. But speaking of uh, the Sinbad, I believe they were in the box six times tonight. Six times, of course, Philadelphia with their one goal by Jacob Vorchek scored on one of them, which now makes seven straight games where the Kings have given up a goal while killing a penalty where they were on a major streak before, especially during that eight-game win streak, where they weren't allowing any goals while on the on the PK. So uh, there's still a little, there are a little few holes in the Kings game there, but you know what? Can't be perfect all the time, and as long as John Stevens is aware of it and he's making his players 
aware of it so they can improve and fix it, we'll be okay. Because even though the Kings lost the last two games, they were competitive. They could have been in it. I lucky bounce here, I lucky bounce there. That call on Jake Muslin, a clutterbuck, should not have happened. There was no elbow to the face. You know, but they, they, nope. they didn't get that luck. Uh, you know, they'll win more than they will lose. But also on the line here, good friend of the show, Mr. Larry Jensen. Larry, how are you today? Hey, fellas. How's it going tonight? It's going well. Good. Very good. How about you, sir? I'm doing really well. I uh, just wanted to let you, I just wanted to, to uh, comment. I mean, I think the king. I think the team really, uh, you know, connected to that. They actually made a lot more. Uh, you know, they were. You know, they played a lot better tonight, and they, uh, you know, they came through with a with a good win tonight. I, I was hoping they would. Um, the Flyers are are. Kind of are kind of hard to predict sometimes, but um, this team, you know, this game was really, uh, really came through today. They did a good job. Who uh, who impressed you the most on the Kings, Larry? Um, I think the most the, the I mean, well, he always does. I, I think the you know, of course, Dewey did. Um, I think he's he's just the the uh, the quintessential. Defenseman that the Kings have always needed and, and uh, depended on. Um, another one was uh, was Toffoli. I mean, he's he's actually you know I think he went tied his uh, his all his all time season record and uh, season t- uh, uh, amount of goals from last year. I think it was and, yes, he uh, did. He got his he, he got did. his sixteenth of the year, which is exactly what he got all last season. A very injury yeah. riddled season. Yeah, and I think he's going to do a lot. But, you know, he's going to improve even more. I mean, this is just summer. Come on, this guy's still, you know, doing a lot better. And I'm telling you, this guy, you know, he's he should be uh, a first line a first line forward. But I mean, for what I mean, to spread out the the, the uh, talent along the the, la- the four lines, I mean, he's right where he needs to be. So I mean, I think that. Uh, Stevens is doing a lot of a lot of good things with this uh, with the lineup and and, uh, and you know putting in the scratches where he needs to be uh, you know where they need to be and, and uh, just doing what he has to do to to find that that uh, chemistry on each uh, on each game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Augie, your thoughts on Tyler Toffoli? Hey man, Cupcake is uh, is healthy. He's not. He's got two legs uh, this year. So uh, last year, near the end of the year, he was fighting an injury that uh, he had a subsequent procedure on because he was playing practically on one leg, which also contributed to the cut down, the reduction in goals, which actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise because he did not, was not able to big capitalize on huge money on a free agent year and gave the Kings a sweetheart (laughs) of a deal. So that him and Pearson could both be signed because we were really thinking to ourselves that one of them was gone and one of them would not be back. And turns out that uh, Tyler Toffoli really loves L.A., really loves living here. And luckily, uh, his fiance uh, works for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I'm sure that that had a little bit of influence there. And when you've got a South Bay lifestyle and the beach lifestyle and 
you're a, you're a multimillionaire and you get to play hockey and then leave the arena in shorts and flip flops every day. I think that's a pretty good incentive to stay in LA. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Tyler Toffoli uh, just having fun out there. Uh, he's he's refreshed and he's doing just having a really wonderful season thus far. And all he's got to do is just stay healthy and uh, have those players around him stay healthy, and he's going to continue to produce, and uh, we as L.A. Kings fans uh, uh, shall reap the rewards of watching the cupcake out there. Absolutely. And speaking of playing in California, and once you leave that ice, once you leave that rink, you're in shorts, you know, you're in the beautiful sun, you live by the beach. I know to me that sounds like a, a deal and a half. I would definitely take that. Uh, but I think Will Butcher would disagree with that one, though. As much as uh, as much as much uh, he said he liked L.A. And, and, and he would have loved to have had, have that lifestyle, he picked New Jersey over us. What's up with that, Augie? I know we talked about that recently, but, man, how could you turn down a chance to play for the Kings that is still in contention for a Stanley Cup? And I know that you would have ended up in the farm and stuff, but, man, you would have lived on a beach. It would have been fantastic. But... You know what, even if I don't make the Kings, if you guys can find a place for me, I'll call down anyways because I just love Southern California so much. I don't understand if, when players do not want to come down and play for the Los Angeles Kings or their farm system because, come on, they're in paradise and with the best team in the world. I think so, at least. You think so, Larry? Yeah. Well, absolutely. No doubt. Are you right. kidding me? This, we, have, we have such a great oh. following here in, in uh, SoCal. I mean, there's got there's so many different uh, ab, you know outlets for for hockey, and you know even though you know the Culver you know the Culver City uh, I you know the ice uh, rink over there is not there anymore. Um, I mean, it's there's there's still a hotbed of activity for for uh, for hockey here. Yeah, absolutely. I get into debates and then arguments with people up here in Canada. Uh, you know, Toronto Maple Leaf fans, Montreal Canadian fans, it's a Canadian team fan. I, I, I don't get it from Boston or Detroit fans, but I always hear like, "Oh, come on, California!" You know, they, you know, they don't know anything about ice unless it's in their drinks or blah blah blah. And that just drives me insane because here I am as a Canadian, longtime LA Kings fan who's been down there and has made friends, friends that have become family down there, who know so much about hockey, and some of them just love. Love hockey, not even other sports. But when it comes to knowledge with hockey, how about our very own LA King superfan Augie Loya as the perfect example? And I just love it, and I throw that back at their faces, and they don't believe me. And I'm like, you know what? You guys are now being ignorant. <laughs> Canadian fans are now being ignorant and hockey snobs uh, because you know. Th- California now has grassroots hockey, and it's had it for a bit. How many players from California are now playing in the NHL? How many NHL teams are in California? How many American Hockey League teams are in California? You know, it's it's just this expansion's been going on now for years, this explosion, I would say, since Gretzky went down. Um, but it's I think it's fantastic when a Californian-born player gets drafted into the NHL. Augie, can you give us a list here of some players born in California that have been drafted and are now playing in the NHL for my Canadian listeners who are my cousins and family, and thanks, guys, for listening and supporting the show. Sorry that I'm yelling at you right now, but you guys need to hear this. Augie, can you give us a, a list of some uh, California-born players now in the National Hockey League? Absolutely not. 
Okay. So let, we're going to the next segment. I know of one player from Arizona. That's Austin Matthews on the Toronto Maple Leafs, who has been oh, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Austin Matthews, obviously, from, from, from Arizona. But, hey, here's a little something for you guys to chew on. Uh, okay, so Bo Bennett uh, was born was born here because he brought the cup here when, the, King, when the, the Penguins won the cup a couple of years ago before he got traded to New Jersey. Uh, I believe Bennett, Megan was uh, at that California. party. That's right. Our Megan very was old at Megan the party. was at that party. Yep. That's oh, right. Megan. And here's another little tidbit for you. When he was a teenager – this kid left Canada and came to Southern California to live and and pursue his hockey dream here in California before he was the number one draft pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins in that Sid the Kid himself, Sidney Crosby. Check the facts, boys. Look at the Sports Illustrated article that featured that featured him. He was he did his teenage years here in beautiful, sunny Southern California. I'm glad you brought that up, Augie, because I've been hearing even the last few summers, uh, not just him, but him and Nathan McKinnon, who are good friends, McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche, still go to Los Angeles uh, for some of their training. Is that true? Like to this day? That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. They stay over at one of the hotels in Santa Monica. Uh, I happen to know this, uh, dude. I, I won't get into the circumstances under why I know this because it's uh, that gets into National <laughs> Enquirer territory. But just protect know that, your yes, sources. A lot of them protect your sources. Exactly, protect my sources. You got it. Uh, that gets yeah. McKinnon and Crosby are there, and uh, a couple of a lot of their other friends are are there training too. As a matter of fact, uh, when the uh, when the, just before preseason starts in the NHL, if you go to TSC on a random day, you would have seen Jeff Carter, Tyler Toffoli, Tanner Pearson, and Milan Lucic all working out together at Toyota Sports Center here during the summer. So all these guys do get together uh, out here and train together out here. Quite a few of them do. So there are those who love to go fishing and love to go up to the great white north and do their thing, which is wonderful. But there are so many of them that have put down roots here in Southern California. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt at all. Um, and I love it. I love hearing that. I love hearing that Sid the Kid and Nathan McKinnon, former, you know, first-round draft pick of, in the NHL, go down there and train. And, I, like, like I tell the, the Lee fans here, the Montreal Canadiens fans here, you guys have no idea. If you guys came down with me to SoCal, say for a Kings versus Habs game or a Kings versus Leafs game, down there at the Staples Center, you're going to be shocked at how knowledgeable uh, Kings fans truly are about the sport of hockey, hockey history, the Stanley Cup, international hockey. Uh, like, I know so many people already that know more stuff than I do in certain things and uh, would know more than they would because they're, they're legit hockey fans. And, you know, it's California. You're, you, L.A. especially, you know, it's a, there's a super strong fan base for the Lakers, and rightfully so, super strong fan base for the Dodgers, and rightfully so. Um, you go up to NorCal and, you know, the Giants and all that. But they, there's hardcore hockey fans there, and that, that's why the Staples Center has been selling out for how many years now? Like, 
they were going on and on and on, and the passion is there. And I just love how the Kings winning the Cup in 2012, 2014, guys like Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon, plus LA King players, being down there in the summer where kids can, you know, witness you know, they're practicing and stuff. They're really just inspiring the next generation of players. So it makes me really, really excited about that. But, um, yeah, definitely. But then again, I'm always California dreaming, so maybe I'm a little biased. Because if, if not California, yeah. then Ohio. Those are two states I always want to I always want to go check out. Um, have yeah. you ever skated with Sidney Crosby or and Nathan McKinnon while they were down there, Augie? No. No, no, I haven't. But – Guess guess who I had an encounter with last night, Jeff Duart? Okay, Uh-oh. I don't know who. Come on, drum roll. Drum roll. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. We did pay big money for this, so it does deserve it. Here we go. <laughs> Augie's reveal in Last night in my beer league hockey game, it was my team sewage against the Slapshot Regatta, who had none other than Justin Bieber out there skating for them last night. So the Biebs and I the Biebs and I have a have a little bit of a have a little bit of history. Good history, some bad history. So uh when I'm out there on the ice I'm uh, exactly <laughs> So I'm Sorry. out there on the ice, and <laughs> we're, taking, we're taking a face off, and I'm lined up uh, against the boards because we're uh, we're just off to the side. And from behind the benches, I hear a voice, and the voice goes something like this. It goes, he goes like this. He goes, he says his name is Augie, but it's really Jose Loya, and he's despacito, oh, and. I got serenaded and chirped by the Beebs. How many people can say they've been serenaded by the Beebs? I am one of them now. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations, Augie. I feel like a dubious honor there, Augs. I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't go with that. <laughs> I, but, think, I think that was Larry, a dubious there, honor there. <laughs> Larry, you know what? Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber sorry, knows my name. What's that? Larry, have you ever watched uh, pro wrestling in the, in the late 90s in the uh, WWE Attitude Era, Monday Night War? Did you ever watch wrestling back then? Uh, yeah. I, I watched okay. a little bit of it. I'm not much of a wrestling okay, fan, so but I, I did watch some fair, of it, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Augie's feud with Justin Bieber is the equivalent to Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon in that feud. I mean, oh boy. they have okay. battles. They gotcha. have battles against okay. each other. They even nice teamed contract. up at one point, which didn't work out, and they went back to being enemies. Augie, would you agree? <laughs> no, I wouldn't agree. It's actually probably more like Roddy Piper and Cindy Lauper. Oh! <laughs> hey, let's start a WrestleMania. Are you saying you guys are going to start oh, a big yes. pay-per-view event? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. After all, hey, the Beebs knows my name, man. I mean, to get serenaded by Justin Bieber and he knows your name, that's pretty darn cool once you look at it. I mean, the, the, the kid, uh, 
He's only one of the most, like, sought-after celebrities in the world right now. It's really insane. Yeah, but, true. no, we won last night. Seven, we won 7 nothing. We shut the Beebs down. We made a concerted effort <laughs> to keep them off the score sheet, and we did. <laughs> right on. Congrats. That's awesome. I like to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Anything else off the Beebs, Augie, or can we go around the NHL? Uh, actually, you can go to TMZ. Someone, <laughs> someone shot, someone shot footage uh, of him playing last night, and it's on TMZ. So if you go to TMZ.com, and it's probably a TMZ Sports, take a look at Bieber playing out there with us for about 15 seconds, 15, 20 seconds, however long the clip is, and uh, you will see the Biebs wipe out. You will see him lose an edge, and then do some push-ups as punishment to himself. <laughs> you know, and, I'm going to be honest, Augie, hey, because. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, I was going to say, can you guess which team jersey he was wearing out there? Which team was the Beebs repping out on the ice last I night? Was gonna actually, I was actually going to ask you if he was wearing a Kings jersey again like he did that one time. No. Not a Kings jersey this time. What do you Probably think? All right, Larry, any, any guesses? I'm thinking the Ducks. That's. That's no. Just, that's Ooh, no. <laughs> no. I know. No. All right, all right, Augie. Here comes the drum roll. Here comes the drum roll. Justin Bieber's uh, jersey that he was wearing when he played against Augie, getting shut out seven nothing, was after this drum roll. And I think I pressed the wrong one, so ignore it. <laughs> drum roll, please. Here we go. <laughs> Justin Bieber was out there rocking none other than the colors from an original six team, a blue jersey with a white leaf on the front that belongs to none other than the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's what the Beebs was rocking last night, repping the Toronto Maple Leafs out at the LA Kings Valley Ice Center in Panorama City. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) <laughs> well, nice. to be fair he was born near toronto you know that i'm pretty sure that was his team before he became famous uh but since he's been famous you know we've seen him with king's jerseys and hats even outside of you know playing with augie and everything he, he has played with augie with a king's jersey on he's had chicago blackhawks hats pittsburgh penguins hats notice it's all it's yeah. always hats of teams that have recently won the stanley cup but uh yeah okay at least it'll, it'll make sense if it was the leafs um but if, if it was the Ducks or San Jose, I think I would have been a bit upset because he has worn the armor of the L.A. Kings. So it, it could have been a lot worse. So that's not too bad. Yep, that's right. So so there you go. That's my Justin Bieber update. That's my Justin Bieber story for the week of L.A. Kings Road Talk Radio. The feud of LA Kings Road Talk Radio. McMahon versus Austin. Augie versus the Beats. Okay, we're gonna go around the NHL quickly, guys. We actually, we actually got some help uh, in help, as in the Anaheim Ducks, who are riddled with injuries. Um, 
Eventually, it might start making a comeback, but that, that ain't happening tonight. The New Jersey Devils took out the Anaheim Ducks 5-3, to three, and that is a final. The Boston Bruins, inspired by Augie's team, scored seven goals, but couldn't shut down the Columbus Blue Jackets, winning 7-2. to two. In a battle of division rivals, the Edmonton Oilers right now are defeating the San Jose Sharks 3-2 to two in the third period, 13-59 left to go in that game. And the Colorado Avalanche are beating the reigning Stanley Cup champs, the Pittsburgh Penguins, with Sid the Kid himself. Third period, 17 minutes ago. And, of course, our L.A. Kings defeated the Philadelphia Flyers 4-1 to tonight. That is our around the NHL. Augie, your thoughts on those scores and games? Well, uh, thank you, New Jersey. You uh, you destroyed us, and you beat the Ducks without giving up a point, so that's a wash. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, any day that the Ducks lose, well, most, most days, 90% of the time if the Ducks lose, I'm happy. There is that, There are those occasions, though, where I do have to root for them, unfortunately, uh, just for the sake of uh, what's good for the Kings. Oh, don't but make me don't make me hang I'm up. I'm sorry, on me. but do not make I, me it's hang okay. up. I, there, there are times. I know, but when they're going up against the Golden Knights, who are yipping at our tails, I, I'm sorry, right, but right, we, right. we have to root for what's best for the front of the crest. And yeah, I do have to take a rape shower sometimes after I root for the Ducks. But uh, it's one of those things <laughs> in life that uh, yeah, you got to get dirty sometimes. You got to get dirty sometimes before you can get clean. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Nice. With yep. that logic, yep. how how can I argue with it? Perfect. Yep. You gotta take one no for the doubt. team. Take one for What's the that, Larry? You gotta take one yeah, for the take team. Take one for the team for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. No All right, Larry. Anything else before we let you go here? Uh just I hope you guys have a great holiday season. Uh, the you know, the Merry Christmas. Uh, and hopefully we can keep this uh this momentum going into the into the new year and uh you know I'm just really excited about the way the team was playing well tonight and they just uh they did they took care of business. So I had right. so Merry Christmas to to you Augie and uh and J D and uh have yourself a wonderful night. All right, All right. thanks, thanks Larry. Merry Christmas, happy holidays to you too, sir. Go Kings go. Go Kings go. All right, that was Larry Jensen. And now we're yes, down to two. Mr. Jensen. And, and, now we're down to you and I. You, anything you want to talk about, Augie, before we end the show? Sure. Hey, guess what I'm going to be doing tomorrow morning? I was giving time for the spectacular drum roll, but that's okay. It's not <laughs> quite that necessary. Okay, here, here. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. It is necessary, okay. damn it. I, I, I just let uh, you down, Augie. Let, let me make it up to you. You're going to reveal what okay, you did or what you're, what you're going to do in the morning. Here is the drum roll for that. Let's hear it. Tomorrow morning, downtown Los Angeles, across the street from the Staples Center, yours truly, Augie Loya, is going to be at the at the Holiday LA Kings Holiday on Ice, skating with some Los Angeles Kings. Very cool. Very very cool. Isn't that cool? Isn't now, that cool? The, now, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. How did this happen? You ask. Okay. How, no, it had nothing how did to do this with happen, Justin Bieber. 
Okay, well, okay. What, ha- How did what this happened happen? was, okay, what happened was is Delta Airlines held a contest, and one of my friends happened to be one of the lucky people selected, and they got to invite somebody and were nice enough to invite me to come along. So tomorrow I'm going to put on the hockey skates and go out there and skate with some of the Los Angeles Kings. Which ones? I don't know. Uh, is it going to be Kings alumni? I don't know. Is it going to be Tanner Pearson, Tyler Toffoli, or Alec Martinez? Maybe. Is it going to be Drew Doughty? Doubtful. Is it going to be Andre Kopitar, Dustin Brown? I don't think so. But with my luck, it'll probably be Tori Mitchell, Andy Andrioff, and Kyle Clifford. And either way, I will be very happy because I'll be out there on ice with with hockey skates on and doing laps with some of the with some of the folks from my favorite team of all the Los Angeles Kings. Actually, yeah, that's really, really cool, Augie. Uh, I love, is, is that the open ice there on LA Live that they put every year? Like right there where, yes. you know, the, where you walk in? Yes, right across the street from Staples Center, there is ice out there with a Christmas tree in the middle. So for those of you that are planning to come to Los Angeles, go to LA Live. You can actually go out there, rent skates before the game, during the game, after the game, and go and Skate your hearts out there with a bunch of other people. Bump into them. Find a pretty girl. If you knock her over, be kind and lift her up. And teach her how to do crossovers. And hopefully, if you do it well enough, you might score yourself a phone number, and then that way you can get off of Tinder or any other swiping apps that you may be using to get dates right now. There you go, listeners. Augie, we, we don't just talk about hockey here. We don't just talk about the Kings and LA Kings Road Talk Radio. We also give you tips when it comes to love lives and how to find a date. We, we do it all here. What other show are you going to find that talks Kings and can give someone tips on how to, uh, you know, bump into a lady and get yourself a date? So check it out, everyone, Just but don't do anything stupid like – you know, if she falls down and she's hurt, don't be asking her for a date. Like, call the, the medical people. Don't be dumb out there, people. Don't be dumb. But I love, Augie, how they put exactly. the rink out there every year. They have the, the Christmas tree out there. Like, I love looking at that. And, uh, yeah, I have a lot of fun skating with the Kings. But I'm thinking, um, what if it's Derek Forbort, and what if he starts serenading you like Bieber did? Would that be awkward? Uh, it would be a little awkward because of the fact that I've actually made friends with a couple of Derek's relatives and, and give them pictures of Derek Forbert. So I actually have to be very nice to Derek Forbert and not say to him anymore, you know, we passed up Vladimir Tarasenko to draft you, right? You do know that, right? You yeah. do realize that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, I have to be nice to Derek Forbert now because his relatives are actually very nice to me. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. All <laughs> right, Augie. So, uh, that's well. This show went pretty fast. Thank you so much for calling for all yeah. your help, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me, Jeff. I, I love talking hockey with you as always. It's just it's, it's so much fun, and we have uh, we have good laughs and good times, and uh, it's a really good course hip and on uh, our wonderful callers that uh, that do call in and that we get to talk some LA Kings uh, hockey with. So hopefully, uh, let's see next games against the Avalanche on Thursday. Uh, so it, be there yes, at the sir. Frozen Dojo, uh, and they are going to be honoring Marion Gabrick and celebrating uh, his wonderful achievements uh, that he's accomplished on this road trip. So we will see that happening at the next homestand. And uh, that, uh, then they, they take off uh, to San Jose, I believe, and then uh, come back and face the Golden correct. Knights a week from Thursday. So, yeah, that so is got correct. Three, so games, let- three more games before, before the year wraps up. So we may have a show 
on the 23rd when they faced the San Jose Sharks on the road, but I can't confirm that 100%, but Augie and I, listeners, we will talk to the hip check, and we'll get that all figured out. So uh, that's the end of this post uh, I'm sorry, that's the end of this Eastern road trip. Kings going back home like Augie mentioned. So that means that's it for us right now. So on behalf of the Hip Check, Scott Cahill and Ellie Kings Road Talk Radio, thank you everyone for listening in. And a special thank you to Jerry and Larry for the support that they show us and calling into the show. So everyone, I have been J.D. Styles, and my partner here has been the L.A. Kings superfan, but but now we are out of here with a little coked up Elvis. Have a good night, everyone. Go, keep Have a good night. Go. Go. Fantastic, thank you. Go, Kings, go. Oh, yes. Go, Kings, go.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.